0: Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.
1: San Antonio district judge resigns after a
2: federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it?
1: I did it because I was foolish.
2: Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever
1: you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast.
2: John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them.
1: I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that voice the next. Big job there from Duffy and Brett Mears. Hurt now couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Annick and Kenny Florian.
0: Ah, oh, the rare dark week. It feels kind of weird, like when the UFC goes dark ten times a year. It feels like it has been forever. And that is what Kenny and I are feeling right now. So hopefully we can shake off the rust for you. It's Monday, September 13th, 2021, episode 316 of the Anakin Florian podcast scheduled off week for us on Labor Day. And I threw out a little caveat to you and our producer, Cody Marrow, that unless something crazy happens at UFC fight night, Brunson versus till we're going to go dark on Labor Day, no sponsors and uh, one of our two to three week annual resets. And then, of course, Modestus Bukowskis gets his leg kicked off. And I'm texting you guys. You think we should go live or something? Because I don't know if the oblique kick should be allowed or not. But it's good to see you after a week away, my man. It's good to see you as well, man. This sport, though, right? Like, every week, there's something. So... I don't know if the solution is to just not schedule any more dark weeks, but it was foolish of me to say, yeah, you know, unless something absolutely crazy happens, if Darren till like Merck's Brunson in 20 seconds or, but I think we're all becoming conditioned to not just serious injuries, but, uh, something crazy happening in that octagon every week. Um, so we, a lot to get to on that front, uh, time permitting, we might talk a little bit about, uh, The fight that really shouldn't have happened between Vitor Belfort and Evander Holyfield. A lot of stuff coming up uh, with Ray Longo in about 30 minutes as well. And uh, we will also try to memorialize as best we can. One of my best friends, the late great UFC makeup artist, Susie Freton, who lost what was just an epic battle with uh, with stage four breast cancer uh, over the last several days and I guess uh, I shouldn't even say lost because watching her attack that thing is something that'll stick with me for the rest of my life but we'll begin headlines with UFC fight night Brunson versus Till and with respect to Patty Pimblett and Molly McCann and Jack Shore and Khalil Roundtree Jr. kicking the hell out of Modesta's Bukowskis's leg let's start with the main event winner because that Wikipedia page for Derek Brunson is looking fine Ken Flow five Consecutive wins since the November 2018 loss to Israel Adesanya, who was not the champion then. And Brunson's one of the best wrestlers in this division. There's more to the package than that. But on a night when Brunson didn't have his best stuff coming in after a training camp that didn't allow him to really do too much because of some injuries, um Derek Brunson shines again. The winning streak is five, and he's right in the mix at 185 pounds, kid.
3: Yeah, it's amazing. These are the kind of turnarounds, I guess, in their career where, um, You kind of can sit back, enjoy, and feel happy for a guy like Derek Brunson. Um, You know, he has shown amazing consistency. He has had the ability to uh, use his striking to get them worried about uh, various strikes where he can get into the clinch and set that up, hit the takedown, uh, and utilize his control and ground and pound with great effect. And he was dominant here against Darren Till. um, And – just seemed to be better everywhere, and I know you know Darren was talking about an injury and stuff like that. But uh, Derek wasn't a great matchup for him, um, you know, stylistically. If you look at it, and for Darren Till, this is going to be a big setback. Um, and Derek Brunson now uh, getting closer and closer to a, a potential opportunity to fight for the belt, man, which yeah. is just uh, amazing and it really and, and is. damn
0: awesome. To think about where he was after that yeah. Sonya loss. And people just were so dismissive of that effort that night and his chances moving forward. And I do want to shout out our Odd Shark handicapper Joe Osborne because he sits in the back room and hears you and Ian pick Darren Till, and he has to stay convicted of his belief that Derek Brunson would cash yeah. as a plus one fifty-five underdog. And he did. So our good friend Luca Fury, another outstanding mixed martial arts handicapper, sort of pushed out a tweet about Derek Brunson's evolution. And I'm paraphrasing here. But he said, let's not pretend this is some totally different fighter than the guy that lost to Israel Adesanya three years ago. Sort of making the point that that is still a very difficult matchup for him stylistically. I don't know if you want to say that, you know, Blond Brunson or, you know, Plus Money Brunson or Brunson 2.0. You know, this isn't a fighter without flaw. Um, And I'm not sure that, uh, that a rematch with Israel Adesanya doesn't go similarly to the first meeting. What do you think?
3: You know, I think that's accurate from Luca. You know, I I don't see a Derek Brunson that has changed his striking significantly. You know, he still gets that chin up in the air. He still kind of chases, um, you know, recklessly sometimes, um, you know, it, it doesn't mean he's not a good fighter uh, or um, a guy who can give a lot of people trouble in that division. Cause clearly his, his record is showing otherwise. However, um, Yeah, I think there hasn't been a whole lot as far as evolution since that Israel Adesanya fight. But, you know, the the improvement of skills isn't everything. I think that getting your consistency has a lot to do with your mindset and, and your approach and how consistent you are with your training. And I think those are the kind of things that are setting into Derek Brunson. And why we're seeing that that level of consistency now at 185 pounds. So um, skill wise, I would agree with Luca, but I think there's there's other aspects to the game that I think is is making Derek Brunson a better fighter in other ways.
0: Brunson realized a lot of success before he left Wilmington North Carolina. and certainly he was at Albuquerque uh, at Jackson Wink MMA Academy there for a while in Albuquerque, New Mexico when he was in his formative years as an MMA fighter, but he really, Wanted to prove in a lot of respects for much of his career that he could run his own training camp in Wilmington, North Carolina, and still realize great success. And for a while, he did. But since aligning with Sanford MMA, I mean, what else can you say? You know, just being one of the best in the room and not always the singular best in the room has obviously paid dividends. And, you know, Henry Hoof gets a lot of credit, and rightfully so. Um, but you're increasingly starting to hear these athletes shout out the great wrestling coach, former American collegiate wrestler, Greg Jones, man. You know, he's a great coach. He's a great cardio coach. He's a great wrestling coach. And I think he has helped Derek Brunson immeasurably as well. You've seen a lot of these bigger fighters, too. 85ers, 205ers, heavyweights um, start to go to Sanford MMA. There's a Darren Till side to all of this as well. Where are you, by the way? I mean, this Kenny Florian Roadshow, are you in Oregon today? Is that where you're I, am,
3: I am in Bend, Oregon. I'm at Mac Danzig's uh, gym. Uh, yeah, doing doing a couple okay. seminars out here.
0: Okay, so a couple yeah. of uh, of Brazilian jiu-jitsu seminars with old yes, friend sir. Mac Danzig. So yeah. are you at his gym right now or are you at a hotel? I
3: am. I'm at his gym right now. Much, oh, better, much better Much better Wi-Fi here, yeah.
0: The Wi-Fi is great. You sound fucking great. Thanks for bringing your microphone on the road. We appreciate that. So you went home after BattleBot. Scale of 1 to 10, by the way, how glad are you that that's done right now, huh? Oh,
3: uh, <laughs> that was so much work, man. So good to be home,
0: yeah. I see the Kenny Florian signs, by the way. These BattleBot fans, folks, bringing in fucking Kenny Florian signs. Like, I love Kenny Florian more than my mom. Unbelievable. And Cody tells me your jujitsu jitsu seminars are sold out at MacDance. They are,
3: actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited.
0: So, yeah. Kid's a fucking needle mover. Unbelievable. <laughs> I tried, actually, to sign up for that seminar, but it was jujitsu, so I said <laughs> All right, so Darren Till. Yeah. You know, I was part of a group text thread and daniel cormier sort of said i think what everyone was thinking like well don't fight the purest wrestler you've ever fought in your career if you have a torn acl so that's part of it for darren till and i guess his performance is harder to quantify now because of that injury coming in you don't know what he was or wasn't able to do in training but the defensive wrestling still leaving a lot to be desired you know to me he seemed And again, I'm a fan. I'm not the analytic expert, but he seemed panicky in those situations. Obviously, it was a quick tap once Brunson got his rear naked choke in. Um, You got anything for us on Till after, you know, what now on paper is a fourth loss in his last five?
3: It's a major setback. And, you know, it's tough because a lot of these fighters are in these situations where we hadn't seen Darren Till for a little while. Um, he, he, he perhaps was in a tough financial situation where you had to take this fight, not the best matchup, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And, and, and sometimes because you are tough and determined, uh, and believe in yourself, you make some poor decisions as well as a fighter. And I think, yeah, this was a very tough matchup given the circumstances, especially, um, yeah. and He's going to have to claw his way back big time, man, that this was not this was not a great performance from him. Um, And I don't know, I I think a a big disappointment for me, I always thought Darren Till had a lot of potential as a fighter. And either this knee injury was significant to the point where um, it caused this type of performance but you also can't take away from the performance of Derek Brunson and how good he is at setting up those takedowns as well. So I don't know, man. Um, Darren Till's got some serious work to do. He's got to rebuild himself. And when you're trying to get better as a grappler, it takes a much longer time, uh, in my opinion, than it is if you need to improve your striking. And he's going to have to go back to the drawing board and get a wrestling coach and get some jiu-jitsu going to where he can – really be elite in this division otherwise you know he he could be fading away
0: so in April it was a collarbone break that resulted in him having to pull out of the fight with Marvin Vittori and he was back in training for about a week but he just wasn't going to be able to compete and perhaps that reared its ugly head in terms of his inner thought process in taking this Derek Brunson fight but You know, there are so few fighters, right? Like Conor McGregor, for example. And I think Conor McGregor for the first time in a long time may not be one win away from a title fight. It always feels like Conor's one win away from a title fight, right? He loses to Dustin Poirier in January. And then you felt like, well, you beat him in July. You won one win away for, you know, you, you go fight mm-hmm. Charles Oliveira, right? And for Darren Till, it was interesting because going into this fight with Derek Bronson, and he was about a two-to-one favorite to win this fight, kind of felt like, man, Israel Adesanya wants to fight Darren Till. He's fra- fresh blood, for lack of a better way to put it. So it kind of felt like even though Till had lost three of four, all he had to do was produce one win. And if he got a finish, maybe he was on that short list. Right Now... I think that's a harder sell. But perhaps for Darren Till, he thought, hey, I pulled out of the Vitoria fight, didn't lose too much, you know, see if I can catch lightning in a bottle and catch something here with Derek Brunson and, and then go into surgery. I don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah, this is a, a tough setback for Darren Till. And uh, he's no longer one win away from a middleweight championship no. opportunity. So I also think it's interesting. You have Jared Cannoneer. Uh, who fought in a middleweight main event against Kelvin Gastelum just a few weeks before Derek Brunson and Darren Till. You have Robert Whitaker, who obviously is going to be the next number one contender. Brunson says he's going to wait out. And I think at this point, Ken Flo, um, I don't know if he was born in the 1970s like us, but right, 38 years old, you've won five in a row. I think it's the right career decision to scream from the rooftops title shot, yep. lay back. A lot of people want to see Brunson and Cannoneer and a possible eliminator. Um, but I think Brunson's wise to to sit on the sidelines and wait. What do you think about all that?
3: I think so as well. I, I and I, you know, think it's important that you brought up his age and and where he's at at this point in his career. This is something that makes sense. He's stayed pretty busy, um, and I think he has the ability and opportunity to kind of sit back and wait to see how things play out. And I would love to see the UFC give him that shot.
0: All right, we are going to try to get. Back to Tom Aspinall and Patty Pimblett. If not, we'll get some stuff from Longo. But I want to talk about this Khalil Roundtree Jr. TKO of Modestus Bukowskis with the leg. So if you didn't see it, fairly gruesome, depending on how this stuff is for you. I mean, D.C. literally can't look at this stuff. we were sitting there calling the fight. You know, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, the Weidman thing was far worse to me than this, at least in terms yeah. of the aesthetic. Um, but much of the conversation is not necessarily about round juniors win; it's about whether or not this technique should be allowed in mixed martial arts. And I just want to read a quote from my former colleague, Dan Hardy, one of the finer analytical minds in the MMA space. He said this to submission radio, and I don't know where Ken flow falls on this because I've been waiting to hear your thoughts and I'm, and I'm dying to know. Because I think my take as a non fighter, um, we can just toss aside, I'll give you my opinion after you share yours, but I don't really think my opinion matters too much in all of this. So Dan Hardy to submission radio, it shouldn't be banned. It's an effective technique. If we start banning effective techniques, then we're going to find ourselves with a very, very limited rule set. I think we need to recognize it's an occupational hazard on football fields, rugby pitches up and down around the world on a weekend basis. People are getting their knees destroyed in the same way that Modestus Bukowskis did. It happens very rarely in MMA. Anybody that says it should be banned, have them name three people that it has happened to because it's very difficult to recall any time when it actually happens in MMA. He went on to say it's the same as knees to the head on the ground as well. And on and on it goes. Um, But he's surprised that this is even being something that is considered. You have other fighters like Brad Quake Riddell who just say you work so hard right and it's so hard to stay healthy as is he just would like to see this technique removed so it seems as though your fellow fighters largely are split on this how do you feel about uh this technique and its usage in modern day mixed martial arts
3: you know to me i think this is tricky and i think that a lot of times we use the wrong arguments to justify these things Uh, i don't think removing this technique is going to um, now limit effective techniques. I mean, there's a myriad of techniques. There's a plethora of techniques that could be used in mixed martial arts still without this stomp kick. So I, I don't know if that argument in that way holds up. Um, should it be banned? I don't know. You know, the other argument I hear is that, oh, well, are you telling me that you can kick to the head? You can destroy someone's brain cells with with a kick to the head but you're not allowed to blow someone's knee out. Um, the other argument that I hear is, well, you can do a knee bar. How is that any different? Well, let me explain. I think, Please. first of all, when you have a knee bar, there's varying degrees of pressure where you feel your knee about to, about to blow, right? You got that one, 1,000, thousand, two, one thousand, I'm ready to tap, or 4,000, one thousand. I feel the pressure. There's a tremendous amount of pressure. I have the decision to, to tap in that, in that way. When I'm stomping your knee, you have 0.01 seconds to tap. You're not going to be able to tap in that time. There is no decision-making. Right. Your knee is either okay or broken, right? right. Um, and I think that the same thing goes for, you know, then you have the argument of the people saying, oh, well, you can kick to the head. Well, how is that's the worst thing you could do. What's wrong with blowing out someone's knee? Well, you can't, you can't twist people's fingers either. You can't right. grab someone's throat. You right. can't kick someone in the balls. I think that we would probably, if we had a choice to live and you'd have to hit, you know, knee to the head or knee to the ball. I mean, it, it's, right, right. you know, it, it. there's so many different ways to approach this. I think the big thing for, the, for me is like how devastating and how easy of a technique is this? Is this a technique that should be executed by a professional mixed martial arts fighter? I don't really have a problem with it. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's a technique that it is dangerous. Um, is it the same as, you know, breaking someone's finger? I don't think so. I think it, it's it's more of a um, higher level technique. Right. However, it, it, it does get tricky because of, you know, if you are comparing it to a submission like a knee bar, you, you don't have a whole lot of choice in, in, right. in, um, in getting the opportunity to tap. So I don't know. It it will certainly cause a lot of injury, I think.
0: So what if you're in a knee bar and Husumar Pollyatis is the guy who has your knee and then you tap yeah. and he doesn't let go? What are you supposed to do then?
3: Right. Well, I mean, that guy, you know, he uh, no, I, the reason why he's not in the UFC anymore. Yeah. Unbelievable. But I, I guess it's I guess it comes down to uh, you know, how we view these techniques and, and kind of what kind of questions we're asking. You know, is the knee stomp an acceptable risk for fighters
0: to take? I don't know. Right, Largely, I'm aligned with you. And I think when you start policing lower leg attacks, right? I mean, I've joked with you, like my twin brother is so sick of the calf kick narrative that he would love to see them say, you know what? enough of that shit right so i again it's like when i see a high profile ranked lightweight like brad L- riddell come out and say man we just worked too hard for it, it it certainly invokes a thought process in me but largely i am aligned with dan hardy on this for the most part and you at least in terms of this particular tech
3: yeah i i think it, it kind of comes down to is this considered too brutal or is it within the sport of limits sport of limits of, of mixed martial arts and i i think it does fall within it um
0: and in terms of the brain right it's you can quantify knee damage right we can't quantify brain damage and i think that is an important part of dan hardy's message too right it's like this is you know um so but and the other thing too is can you think of three guys who have had their knees blown out because i can't off the top of my head so i do think that point is well taken as well um but this was clearly, flow strategically something that Roundtree Jr., um, you know, there was a tell from Bukowskis, and then I have an opportunity here to, you know.
3: I, I agree. The The only thing with the, the you know, that we haven't seen it, um, you know, more than three times is that we don't see it thrown so, so much as far as it, it's, you know, it's like we didn't see the calf. I didn't see the calf kick my whole career that I fought seven years in the UFC. Yeah. But right. all of a sudden we did. So it, it could be something that it could change drastically. If now people seeing that it's like when Anderson Silva, you know, knocked out Vitor Belfort with that front kick to the face. Everyone was trying to do it. Right. You know, uh, you see these ebbs and flows and the techniques that are used in mixed martial arts. This could be the beginning of a lot of knee breaks, too. So who knows? Um, I, I think oh. it's still a technique that's coming in and um, that that could change. But I do. Dan Hardy is correct in saying that I can't remember more than three.
0: Very interesting. Certainly, John Jones has used that tactic in the past. It's hard for me to recall him actually landing one seminal blow that uh, that blew out a guy's right. knee. Um, all right. So Tom Aspinall disposed of Sergey Spivak, and he felt like his initial opponent, uh, Sergey Pavlovich, might have been um, the more dangerous guy, but felt like Spivak on short notice was the more well-rounded threat. You know, this feels a little bit weird talking about this nine days removed, but the narrative going in was that Tom Aspinall is this new wave of athletic young heavyweight that could be a real problem. And even though maybe he's not on Seattle Gans level just yet, you know, the first thing I brought up in our fighter meeting with Tom Aspinall was Seattle Gans because I think both of these guys are sort of on this ascent together. And I think they might lock the door behind them soon if they keep it up. What would you think about, about Aspinall a couple of weeks ago?
3: I think Asmodel had a great performance. I think uh, this was kind of the one that I thought that he could go out there and and, um, execute, uh, and he certainly did that. I I think he has a high level of of athleticism. I think that he's showing that potential that I saw in his first fight in the UFC, and so long as he continues to make good decisions out there, I think he's going to go very far in that heavyweight division, no doubt.
0: All right, Patty Pimblett. How long did it take us, Cody, to get to Patty the Batty Pimlet? I guess if ever there would have been a reason for us to crack a mic on Labor Day when we weren't scheduled to do so, it might have been Patty Pimlet. It's been sort of fun to watch his Instagram uh, numbers just tick up, you know, 20,000 every two minutes or whatever the hell it is. (laughs) But uh, hey, man, he was a huge star overseas. Increasingly now domestically, he's becoming a star because he called a shot in his UFC debut that it would be a first-round knockout. He said, mark my words, and and that is exactly what he was able to produce. Now, he faced some major adversity in his UFC debut. And if we were sitting here talking about Luigi Vendramini, you know, stopping the hype train in its tracks, then it's a totally different world in which we live. But that did not happen. What would you think of Patty Pimblett's UFC debut?
3: You know, I've seen a lot of his fights outside of the UFC and, you know, watching his fights in the UFC, I, I was hoping, uh, or watching his debut in the UFC, I was hoping that I was going to see a more refined version of, of Patty. And I, I just didn't see that. There's no way that he could, with that style, um, have long-term success in the UFC. So th- I think that was my concern as far as excitement level, as far as aggression, as far as determination and all that stuff, he's got it. Um, I, I love it. I love his energy. I love, uh, his willingness to get out there and scrap, but he's got to be extremely careful. This was another guy in his UFC debut, um, who almost knocked him out. So I, I think that, you know, I, I was concerned with that. That was a not, That was also a, a punch that would have knocked out. I mean, maybe eighty percent of yeah, the other fighters right, in that division. Right. I mean, it was a brutal shot. Patty was able to survive and come back, but you know, defensively he's got some work to do. And um, you know, I, I, I think he's got a lot of potential. There's no
0: question about it. He fought March of 2020 and then March of 2021 and then this fight. So he hasn't competed all that often in the last couple of years. And certainly I don't have to tell this audience that 155 pounds as the challenges get stiffer, you know, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how they proceed with him. But sometimes I wonder like, what is his goal in coming to the UFC? Because when Conor McGregor came to the UFC, I mean, certainly I think his goals were many, they were financial, but it was always the talk about being a two division UFC champion. And who's to say Patty Pimblett can't do that, right? I mean, I think he could realize success at featherweight if he ever wants to cut back down there. But given that he's added muscle, I'm not sure it's going to happen. But what are his goals, right? To be a multimillionaire, to be the next cash cow for the UFC? Because everything's in front of him right now. I mean, whatever it is, like he clearly has it. He clearly moves a lot of meat needles. I look to my left, I see the executives, you know, grin ear to ear. So if his goal is to be the undisputed UFC lightweight champion, I think there's a lot that needs to happen for him to position himself for that opportunity. Um, But I mean, this dude could sell out an arena in Liverpool tomorrow in a UFC main event. And uh, I think there are going to be a lot of big fights and matchups on the horizon for, uh, for Patty. Yeah. I
3: I think he's, he's super exciting. Um, I just think that, the UFC and, and everybody just kind of needs to be careful of how fast they push someone who's still learning the game. And I think that's kind of that catch 22 with, with someone like that who does have um, you know, a huge following um, but does have a lo- whole lot of holes in his game. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of times we see the result and we get all excited, like, wow, that was great. But like, you know, there was a lot of sloppiness that happened out there so you know it's 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 important that you recognize that and sure. that that he does have some work to do and yeah. and um when he does that and he's able to shore up those you know holes in his game he's he's going to be you know he could absolutely go very far in this sport there's no question
0: and even though I am more promoter than journalist at this point in time, I try to give it to you straight as well. Right. Uh, yep. In terms of Patty Pimblett and where he is at relative to, uh, to where I think he can be and to the rest of the division, you know, Joe Silva tried to sign this kid when he was 18 years old, the promotion tried to sign him again in 2018 when he was 21 and not unlike Israel Adesanya, he resisted. Now fighters have different reasons for not signing with the UFC when they mm-hmm. first come calling, you know, and as I've often said, you're, you're, you're a victim of your starting salary, right? So Israel Adesanya wanted to make sure that not only could he become the undisputed king of the middleweights, but uh, that when he came to the UFC, you know, that uh, he could make a pretty good nut to begin with. So we'll see how they choose to proceed from a matchmaking perspective with Patty pimblet I'm not even going to throw out a name because I honestly don't know what they are going to do. You know, some people have suggested, you know, if they really wanted to blow the doors off the place, they have him fight Conor McGregor right now. I don't think Conor McGregor would take that fight candidly and uh i don't think patty pimblet is is ready for that fight i'm sure he would tell you otherwise you know but uh they got a lot of options man uh the first name they call was luigi benjamini and uh and it goes to patty pimblet all right before we get to uh, to Ray Longo, I just want to tell you about a company called Millions.co because you're looking at my One More Sleep t-shirt right here, and I have a line with these folks, and uh, I couldn't be happier. For a lot of professional athletes, fighters, podcast hosts out there, one of the biggest challenges, present company included, is to build and monetize your own brand. I think for a lot of athletes out there, public figures to whatever degree, it's just hard to think about an e-commerce store setting all that up, a website, everything else, all sorts of logistics. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So that's where millions comes in. E-commerce platform that I believe in to such an extent that I aligned with these folks a few months ago And so did Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell, by the way. Shout out to Bryce Mitchell and Bruce Buffer, who is a co-founder of the company. But whether you're an MMA athlete, an amateur athlete of any kind, professional athlete on a smaller scale, public figure, perhaps you just have a podcast like this. Well, millions.co is going to allow you to, among other things, build a merchandise line. They'll help you design. They did this design, by the way, for One More Sleep. They'll help you with the design effort if you need that. Uh, And you can start selling right away. Up within 48 hours of final design approval, you can also get paid to do other things. Simple shout-outs, Ask Me Anything videos as well. You can even run your own live watch party at millions.co, and it's all completely free to sign up. If you go to millions.co right now, you can create your own profile. You can check out mine, promo code ANIC if you want to get some One More Sleep gear. But if you are a mixed martial arts fan out there, and I know most of you are, I would encourage you, go check out Millions use the ama shout out feature or just pick up some merchandise today and if your favorite fighter is not on there yet tag them on instagram and let them know it's millions.co promo code anik and we shout out the entire team at millions for sponsoring this week's episode of the anakin florian podcast all right it's been 2 weeks let us get to the star of the show that's ray longo
2: it's now time for the ray longo minutes I want to punch a hole in this fucking chest that's what i want the ray longo minutes starring ray
0: John Annick and Kenny Florian podcast.
2: There he is. Look right. at
0: that. Yeah.
2: Huh? You see the shirt? Where's the? Yes. Hey, oh, Coach, there you. we go.
0: And the great Ray Longo now joins us. Looks like you're schwitzing a little bit. Fresh off the mats or what? A little jujitsu practice this morning?
2: No, no. It's uh, yeah. I'm right off the mattress. Yeah. That's so the, uh, the we have song. a Kenny, the mattress.
0: Mattress. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we mats- have a lot. We have a lot to get to with you today. We didn't have a show last week. We didn't get into the whole Brunson Till stuff. So I want to talk to you a little bit about all of that. But I want to start um, with somebody who uh, who I held just so dear, uh, our longtime makeup artist and really my best friend. That's a woman for sure in this world, Susie Freeton, um, passed away on September 9th and Many of our listeners know the story. She was diagnosed with stage four cancer in March of 2020. And I was with her in the hospital at that time, a few days before UFC 248. And, you know, I'll never forget that last show that she worked about a year and a half ago because I got back to my dressing room after the post-fight show because she would always wait. As you can attest, you guys know how great a person she was, but she would always wait for me to finish up. She was like lying on the floor in our dressing room, just in pain from just exhaustion. This was a year and a half ago, you know? I'm like, of course she stayed to take my suit or whatever. And um, I don't know. I've just never met somebody who's so selfless, so giving. And you saw as soon as she went public with her diagnosis, all these fighters devoting their wins and post fight interviews to her, Rose Namajunas and Jimmy Rivera. She just made such an imprint on this roster and all of the athletes and their significant others um, that you see just how beloved she was when she passes away. And I've taken some small bit of solace in that. But uh, last Thursday was one one of the saddest days of my life. There's no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to hear that. And it's, again, way too early. And, you know, it's nice when people have that type of an impact. And I think that's why you feel it so much is that it's a loss. Like, it's a real loss. Like, you know, you might hear somebody passing away that you haven't talked to in a year. It's not the same. You know, it's it's a different vibe. But when you're communicating with people daily, it's it's just it's it's tough, man. I'm I, I'm not even remotely ready to talk about the loss that I felt. But
0: uh, no, I know, I feel, and
2: I feel your pain, man. I master, I really do.
0: It's hard. It's hard when you're sort of uh, in like the performance space, right? Like I'm doing a cameo. Like oh. Caleb's 24, and it's like the fucking last thing I want to do right yeah, now is crack yeah. microphone. Like, candidly, this is one of a handful of episodes that we've done. Like, I don't want to be here today. Like, period. Right. I don't
2: want to be here But, but you gotta... Re- John, you gotta realize she wants you here. She knows that this is what you love to do. And you know, same thing, like, even though it's a cameo, if, if you think you ask Susie, you know, should I do it? You know, I feel she's telling you, go for it. You know, you know that, though, because that's the... That's why you miss her, because that's who she is.
0: So Ken Flo was obviously very close with Susie. Uh, I did post a picture to my Instagram story today of that time. She flat ironed Ken Flo's hair because he showed up in Bangor, Maine. And, you know, I don't know if this was like his metrosexual phase or what it was. His hair looked outstanding and it still does. But like at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm with, uh,
2: wait a minute. I'm with, I'm with Cody. Phase? What do you
0: think? When, <laughs> yeah, yeah, when, right. when does the phase
2: end? It never last? went away. When, still did it? It. Yeah, when did it uh, end, Kenny?
0: Yeah. But like at this stage in Ken Flo's life, like he was hot, like he was, he was really hot and he came into the dressing room and he's like, Susie, I don't know what happened to my hair. She's flat ironing your hair. And I know Kenny, like three years ago, you hadn't seen her in a couple of years. We picked you up at your hotel. The three of us went out for a little bit. Um, and I, you know, you're able to put this in a lot of perspective, obviously, you know, this came two days before the five-year anniversary of you losing your younger brother, Kirk. And I I know it's been a heavy week for you. Um, but you're always able to help me with a little text message trying to put this into its proper perspective. Um, but I don't know, man. This one, yeah. is really tearing a lot of us apart.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best, man. You know, Susie, um, was just one of those people who went above and beyond whatever she had to do. You know, whether it was flat ironing my hair or, um, just you know, she, there was no, there was no, no. In her vocabulary, it was like, Oh, I'll I'll get it done. And she would always, you know, go above and beyond. She was one of the sweetest people, uh, in that organization, bar none. Um, she always had time for you. Um, and there wasn't a time that I can remember no matter what she was experiencing, um, where she didn't have a smile on her face. She was always laughing. She had that big boisterous uh, laugh. And, um, she was just, so much fun to be around. And, um, this was a tough one and, uh, cancer absolutely sucks. And it was one of those things that, you know, I think when we heard the news, we thought, Hey, if there's someone who can get through this, who has a positive attitude is going to fight hard. It's going to be Susie. Um, and obviously, um, you know, cancer can get the better of anybody. And, and that's the thing. And that's the reminder. And um, it was hard to see her go through that. And I was actually getting updates um, while I was in Vegas about Susie's condition. And um, I had heard that she probably was going to have too much longer to go. And it, it was horrible to hear that. And it was even more horrible to hear that news uh, about Susie's
1: passing.
0: Of all her amazing traits, positivity, to Kenny's point, was probably her greatest asset. You know, there were plenty of times over the course of our friendship, you know, she first painted my face in 2008, Kenny, on MMA Live, when we met her probably the same day. Um, But there were plenty of times in her life, personally, professionally, where things didn't go her way, and yet she was still always so positive. And with respect to her privacy and her final days, I'm not going to get into too many details, but I will just tell the folks out there that are curious because they want to support like the MMA community wants to support. And that I think is what sparks the curiosity. I'm just going to tell you all, I've never seen somebody fight like that. Our last conversation two days before she passed, she said to me granted through weakened speech, but she's like, I'm not going anywhere, you know, like not fucking going anywhere, you know? And I think maybe it hit me even harder because I was so convinced that she was going to beat it because a lot of the things holistically and otherwise that she was doing were working. Um but um what a fight it was and and what a life and what a legacy and and you know the UFC hopefully will do right by her. Um but it this is like I don't know man, I just it, it's therapeutic to be able to talk to you guys about this cuz like I've already told my boss like I ain't sitting down on that makeup chair for UFC 266. I can assure you like I'm going to paint my fucking face in my room. And again, Susie's successor is one of the greatest people I've ever met, Chris Giraldo. You know, she's unbelievable, but I can't sit in that chair. I'm going to lose it. I thought I was going to lose it on the show today, you know. So
2: uh,
0: UFC 266, I'm going to be painting my own face uh, in honor of my dear friend Susie Freeton, who, by the way, named my daughter Tatum, too. And I'm so happy to have that truth with me forever. You know, I was struggling two weeks before Tatum was born in 2013. We didn't have a name. You know, Kenny can attest and Ray too. It's hard to name a human being, right? Didn't have a name. And uh, Susie's painting my face and she's like, what about Tatum? So I'm happy that she was uh, able to name my daughter Tatum. All right, (laughs) Ray. So Ken Flo and I talked off the top of the show about Derek Brunson's win over Darren Till. And it seems like both guys were going in not close to 100%. Um, What did you make of Derek Brunson's win over Darren Till? And how do you think it sort of... Affects the future of both guys now moving forward at 185. Uh,
2: I mean, look, my gut feeling, unfortunately, for Derek Brunson, who I, I happen to like, and I'm happy that the guy's on a roll and he's you know, he's looking good. I just think that fight did absolutely nothing for him getting closer, you know, right. to the title shot. You know, right. it wasn't, uh, I mean, I don't tell. I mean, they say he's injured, right? Is that what came out after he had a torn ACL? But, I mean, the only saving grace for Kenny is that he wasn't his jiu-jitsu instructor before that. Huh, well, that that looked like non-existent. I don't know what I was looking at. For a guy at that level to be in the top five, I mean, Kenny, is it me? I mean, not even attempting. Anything. I mean, there was there was it looked like a zero on a scale of one to ten. Off his back. I mean, that that was a now somebody said maybe Brunson's got a great top game. I mean, it's just not even an attempt at an elbow escape. Anything. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It it wasn't. It was disappointing to me to look at that fight. And I think I picked Hill in that fight because I thought he'd have, you know, he'd be scrambled back to his feet. You know, you have to learn from the Woodley loss. I mean, right. And then that was and that. Yeah. I, I don't know that it, it wasn't a good look to me. It really wasn't. I don't know what I was. It was unfortunately for Brunson. I don't think that's the win. That's going to, I don't think it moves the needle at all.
0: Kenny, what do you have on that jujitsu stuff?
2: Yeah,
3: I, I agree with Ray and, and largely because of that Woodley fight, you know, if you know right. that there's a glaring weakness in your game and that's where you're vulnerable, you think that a fighter is going to go, all right, I'm going to crush this area. I don't want this to happen ever again.
2: I I have the
3: striking. I have the striking. I'm weak on the ground. I'm not going to let this happen. And we haven't seen that evolution. And I don't know if it's because, you know, he's not putting in the work. He's not getting the right resources. Um, You know, how much had to do with that injury? I don't know. But even just kind of, the way that he's moving, it, it it just didn't seem like he knew what he needed to do. You know what I mean?
2: Right. It, look, I, there's, there's, I mean, I could take a guess because I deal with it all the time, but there's guys, they just like to hit the pads. Right. Then they lose a fight because they get taken down. They're unhappy. I mean, I said to one guy one time, I go, you hit those pads again before you do any wrestling. Right? Get out of the fucking gym. I mean, it's just, it. that's how bad it is. Like, it's. Everybody does what they want to do, not what they have to do. Right. And that's the issue like that. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I, I saw as I mean, look again, if the guy's injured and he's got a torn ACL, I, which I still think you could have did something else, but yeah, right. It just was not a good look. It really wasn't. And you, you, the, the guys, I mean, in this day and age in MMA, you have to be squared away in the, in a bunch of different things. Right. And that's, I think that's the crazy part to me to not to be squared away and to make it as far as he did is amazing. Yeah, you know what I mean. But you could you could imagine now where everybody's going to go if they fight him. I mean, you know, why even why even waste the time standing up just take him down? Right. I thought it was a bad look for where they were in their career. And I know not Brunson. Brunson did what he had to do. No, Brunson did what he had to do. But I don't think it's going to move the needle because. There was no resistance at all, and that—that's where I'm having the problem. If I'm really analyzing it, and and you know the way the matchmakers are and stuff, but, but Derek, you know, poor Derek thinks he's he's got to win and he's going on, and they're going to tell him that was, you know, that was shit. You didn't do anything, you know. Who knows what's going on? I hope he gets a title shot. I really do. Well, it's I, tricky
0: because yeah. Jared Cannoneer goes out as a minus one eighty favorite against Kelvin Gastelum and. It wasn't a close fight per se, but a lot of people thought it was close, right? Gaslam certainly had his moments. We were singing KG's praises after the fact. So Cannonier goes out there as a two-to-one favorite, doesn't put Gastelum away. And Derek Brunson, who was also injured, goes out there as a near two-to-one underdog and fucking submits Darren Till. And that's somehow not good enough. You know what I mean? It's like you go and you choke the guy out and... You know, I don't disagree with you, Ray. Like, I think they're going to make him fight one more, but it's like you cap this winning streak at five by submitting Darren Till as an underdog. Like, that should be enough as far as I'm concerned. But um, I think you...
2: It it, it should be, but unfortunately, you know, you're always looking to build a title fight. There's more to it than just winning, right? It's got to be marketable. They have to, you know, make sure, you know, they get pay-per-view buys. And that's where I think it gets tricky in that fight. And does caninear. he deserve does he deserve the title shot? One hundred percent. Do I think he's gonna get it? No.
0: Right. And Cannoneer hasn't fought Israel Adesanya and again izzy has got to get through Whitaker right if Robert Whitaker beats Israel Adesanya those guys could be destined for a trilogy and then this whole division gets held up because of those two uh and I say held up probably in the best of ways that those guys are fighting three times but uh interesting stuff nonetheless but I think you bring up a lot of important truths when it comes to Darren Till and the defensive of grappling like I'm not always in the in the business of criticizing coaches. Like I don't know intimately what Team Calbon is doing on a day-to-day basis when it comes to their grappling. I believe Tom Aspinall, the UFC heavyweight, for a time headed up their grappling program. But if this result doesn't affect change after what happened against Woodley three years ago and now this, um, you know, perhaps the ceiling is lower than I thought on Darren Till.
2: No, we're not, we're not getting down on the coaches. I'm defending the coaches because <laughs> I try to get guys to do stuff. Yeah, still right. It. Right. I, right. It, trust me, it's not the coaches. I'm saying yeah. that's not a. Right. I mean, he he doesn't have a coach telling him your striking's good enough. No one will ever take you down. That's not happening. You know, he's just doing what he likes to do. It looks like to me. I don't right. know. It's the, yeah. no, the experience anyway. You know
0: hear a lot of athletes talk about the wrestling maintenance during their MMA careers and what a pain in the ass that is. I'm sure Kenny, for you, some of the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu maintenance over the course of your career when, you know, yeah. when, when you when that job was looking so good, but you well, probably. Well,
3: absolutely. And it's also comes down to like, who, who do you have in there? You know, like what kind of wrestlers, what kind of Jiu Jitsu guys. And if you don't have guys that are pushing you every day, then you got to bring them in. Um
2: So. You know, yeah. I got to say, one of the things that always impressed me with Weidman was when he was on, like he was already years out of college. Man, he, he was still crushing those college, the guys that were good in college, whoever we brought. I never saw the guy have a problem. Yeah. I never saw the guy have a problem with the wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so he always maintained that. And, uh, you know, we always worked on his striking. So I, I don't know.
0: All right. We've got a couple more minutes with the great Ray Longo. So Marab Willie, Aljamain oh. Sterling, Ally Quinta, they all have fights on the books. Seems as though there's a pretty good vibe there. Uh, yeah, if, if, know, if, if, a, if Instagram is any indication, you look like a very happy man. I'm days a days.
2: happy man. Happy man. Everybody's back together. I think we're going to stay together, which makes me really happy They're working their asses off Saturday at the gym was beautiful Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I'm, busier than i ever been which i i I like obviously but uh i'm watching these guys vibe together and we got some real good up-and-coming guys it's just it's it's a really there's some really solid guys in the gym there really is with everybody and those guys are those guys are knocking it out of the park man so it's 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 a good time they all and they all have everybody's got a super tough fight i mean this we're in the big leagues right this isn't like you know you're going in i mean the average guy will get killed, but, the, you know, right. the guys are right. at the top level. So they have to be squared away. And what I'm seeing now is everybody's looking really good.
0: All right. So I'm going to be calling Marab's fight here in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to be calling Aljamain Sterling's fight on October 30th. Do you have anything resembling Intel for me on either man? <laughs> I know how close so the two of you combined could never do a podcast because you both <laughs> keep them so close to the goddamn best. Now, what do would you, would have you have anything me for me? Well, to something be like, well, hey, man, like, Marab looks as good as ever, right? Like, I mean, I know his cardio's on point, but just something like, oh, you know, Marlon's got, you know, a lot of tricky weapons, you know, we mindful of this <laughs> or whatever. I mean, or just like everybody's great, hunky dory. You know. <laughs> Mar-
2: Mar- Marlon's a killer, you know. And again, when that fight got offered, it was that fight got offered to us right after he beat Cody Stammen in the hotel room. And my only stipulation is I want a five round fight. Dude, make it a main event. I think Marab deserves it. Marlin's a big name. Make it a main event because five rounds, a hundred percent. Marab gets that job done. Three rounds, you know. But Marlin's a killer, man. Yeah. That first round is a is a pivotal round, you know. So uh, you know, the other guys just he's not gonna stop. he either yeah. goes out or he doesn't stop. So yeah, yeah. that's the fight. I don't know. I thought by my I thought I inferred. With my attitude towards what you were saying at the beginning: everybody's doing good. I've yeah, I got I'm a good life they're, they're training hard,
0: and no flights booked to Abu Dhabi as yet.
2: Correct? Not as of yet, but I'm going. You know, the only thing, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get this vaccination thing down. What is? I, I might have to get vaccinated. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I don't know what. I don't want to be hassled over there for sure. Right, right. It comes down to getting like hassled, just. Give me, the, give me any
0: shot. You well, know. my informed speculation right now about yes, six weeks I out is that it. you probably would be hassled more if you're not vaccinated in terms of what, what? you would be required to do. <laughs> <I would get laughs> what to you would be required to do. So I'll see what I can dig up for you. But No, um,
2: see if you can. Yeah, because I think I will, it's pretty strict over there. Yeah, so. yeah. But as of right now, yeah, definitely going. Uh, booked for Marab, obviously. Yeah. Uh Hey, real quick, real quick before we go, though. I mean, we're not any you want to nothing with the Holyfield Vita Belfort disgrace. All right. So I I'm had two- just destroyed that for a while. I mean, who in their right mind is happy beating up a fucking 58 year old? I, I do. I I swear to God, I don't know what I was looking at. I really what oh, in the I hell? watched it. I, I watched it. Yeah. Live I, or the I, highlight. That's what I do for a living. You know, I'm into, that's true. That's you true. know.
0: No, so, I understand. Uh, but you know, what
2: I mean? like, yeah, no, no. I watched it, and uh, I, 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 I just thought it was disgraceful. Almost, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, the guy's yeah. sixty. We got, we got down on McGregor for punching a guy in a bar that was probably right. forty-nine. He's, you know what I mean? This guy's yeah, fifty-eight yeah. years old. Like, is that an accomplishment, Kenny? I mean, is it me with that? Is that an accomplishment? The fight never should have happened. The fight never I mean, should have happened. It you, you're you're not, extent, not, yeah, and talking I mean, like, hats off to Andy Foster for. Not letting that fight happen in California too, because you know there comes a point with these guys. You got to save them from themselves. And man, who who didn't love Holyfield? Everybody loved him. Guy was a great fighter, one of the greatest. But what it, does Vita Belfort actually think he beat Evander Holyfield? Because he sure acted like it. And I go, that's that's a, that's borderline
0: insanity to me. Well, that's a whole other thing, I uh, Kenny. But thanks so let me get that off my chest well no evander Holyfield made tens of millions of dollars during his boxing career I I didn't research enough to know whether he needed the money or if this is you know like what's the play here right because the saddest thing is that if an evander Holyfield type needs the money at this stage of his life um given all he accomplished in the boxing world when purses weren't that bad that's sad that's a sad reality if that's the truth I don't know if that's the case.
3: It is. Uh, it's a sad reality for a lot of professional athletes, unfortunately. My understanding is that he was in some financial trouble at a certain point. I don't know if it was recently. I remember several years ago hearing about him having some issues, but um, yeah, it's sad. I, it's a fight that never should have happened. Um, at the very least, at the very least, I don't know, put him up against another guy who's 58 yeah, I mean, that's years old, the only, maybe. That's, I don't know. It, yeah, yeah. Even then, it's like, when I saw him warming up, and again, it's a warm up, and it's right, you know right. one of those pressers for hitting pads. Right. Are you telling me that's the end? That's the Evander Holyfield that we we were used right. to. It. I don't know what's going on. We live in a simulation. Uh, I'm almost convinced of it.
2: Uh, I. I'm I don't sorry. know. I'm confused, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm with you, Kenny. I really God. thought it was like. Can genuine. we talk
0: about Bitcoin next week? By the way. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, the advice?
2: what's the advice on Bitcoin? Buy next, it. It's cheap right week. now. Buy it and hold it. <laughs> I mean, is he at the bottom? Of, he's at the top of that Ponzi scheme, isn't he? He got in <laughs> there for like $2. He just wants to drive it up.
0: Oh, it's, a, it's no. down to 44 and change, Ken. Flo. We might yeah, have see, to buy it. It's a good right so, it's on the
2: discount uh, right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I lost my train of thought with the Bitcoin stuff. No, but Evander Holyfield, right? It, it is yeah. obviously yeah. a sad thing that he would need this payday, right? The Vitor Belfort side is that he was preparing for Oscar Oscar De La Hoya, who is in his age bracket, you know. And if you're Vitor Belfort, right, obviously he made a lot of money in his career, yeah. right? But he's got three kids that he has to put through, through college, although at least two of them are going to get full rides, by the way, D1. Yeah. One for volleyball, one for football. But like your Vitor, Kenny, you're in a little bit of it, right? If they're paying you $2 million to show and you're preparing for a date and you know he's working hard, you know. Say what you want about the way he celebrated the win, Ray. But if you're Victor, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, no. That that's my only point is the way he celebrated. If he would have said, "Listen, man, give it up to Evander for just even stepping through those ropes," and you know how many fifty or you know like how many fifty-eight-year-olds can even you know lace up a pair of boots, something. But to to act like you did something horrendous.
0: But see, here is Kenny Florian, right, who has said repeatedly, like he ain't taking Triller's money. Right. But like Kenny could so easily. Right. Do any of these things. OK, maybe his back wouldn't hold up. Right. So maybe he would be presenting like a 30 percent version. I know he hates when we make him the center of attention. Right. But like he, could I know, I think he hates when you things. give away his
2: weakness. So in case <laughs> person, they know what to go after, but I'm not sure.
0: I'm just saying like he could do like if you presented him with bare knuckle boxing and they'll pay you like three or five Bitcoin, like he, they part of him might be in right. But no, because from a competition standpoint, he's in Oregon, right? Right. pointing to the logo, Ray, right? I love it. But is Ken it? is in Oregon wow. right now doing a jujitsu seminar at Mac Danzig's. Now, I don't think they're paying him 50 grand to show today. Now, I could be wrong, right? But you can understand why somebody in Kenny's position who lives in Charlotte wouldn't want to go to Oregon to do a jujitsu seminar when he could go do bare knuckle boxing and make $350,000. Uh, Sean,
2: can you put a price on happiness for me right now? Put a price on happiness.
0: <laughs> I'm not happy. You know, there's some, <laughs> of the richest, some of the richest people, they can't
2: buy a good moment in their life. Everything's miserable. They got millions of dollars. Look at the smile on him. Look at I him. I mean, he doesn't have been back dancing, jujitsu. Yeah, he's having a great time. He's not <laughs> not having a great time tonight. Um, am, I to raw, am I wrong? Spreading the knowledge is something he loves. Put a value on that. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to hear it. No, I cannot
0: boxing. What what, what do you want? No, I no. Let the guy be happy. I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but I always think it's interesting when we have these conversations because one of the co-hosts of this podcast is a guy that on any given Saturday night could take advantage of one of these type of opportunities, and he's just still fucking laughing. No, you know what? (laughs) You know what? I I think why he doesn't is because he still has his faculties. (laughs)
2: Somebody had to tell Holyfield, "You can't do this. We're not letting you
0: do it." what but like i'm more likely to step in an amateur boxing ring right. and do that than kenny is to take one of these novelty fights at this point in time like that's the cold hard truth for well, the also history.
3: you know i'll i'll be candid with you it's like uh, i'm a mixed martial artist i'm not i'm not a boxer i'm not a strict muay thai guy i'm not you know like that's not what i do and i feel like i don't know I, people if they want to see me fight they probably want to see me fight when i'm in my you know early 30s Fighting mixed martial arts because that's oh, what yeah. I did best. Whereas I you know, know you want you want to yeah. see a 45 year old Kenny right. Florian do something that he does okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but I that's what people are yeah. paying for. That's what yeah. people are paying for now. It's like short. Sure, could I make a lot of money? Absolutely. I mean, I can I can make millions on a on a Only Fan. What is it? Fans only. What the hell are those things? Yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're, right. There's a lot of ways you could sell yourself, but.
2: Wait a know. minute, Kenny. You're not telling me you're going to expose your willy-whacker, are you, for money? Come <laughs> it's on. Too, I, mean, it's,
3: I mean, I don't want to bring in so much money, I, you know. I mean, you know, it,
0: I,
2: I mean yeah. the problem is I think everybody's already knows. So, you know, <laughs> right. Kenny is an
0: active guy. You don't need to expose it. Just put a fucking Speedo on th- that thing, Ken, for it. Make $100,000, yeah. Uh, oh um, my God! Really spiraled out of control. Um, <laughs> one thing that a lot of people wanted us to talk about today um, that I wasn't necessarily going to get into. I don't know if you saw. It looked like a, a transgender wow. woman uh, defeated a woman in a, a mixed martial arts contest over the weekend. Did you see yeah. that? Cody Not said me.
2: that's that's a, that's surprising. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, yeah I, I, no, I heard she's going to kill me. Oh, my God. Yeah,
2: no, really. Come on, man. I heard she wrapped a cock around the guy's throat and choked him out. The poor girl. I mean, that's not right. I mean, you got to somebody's got to get in there and be the voice of reason.
0: Yes, I nominate. she, she did. The oh, lawnmower. my God. Right. She, she,
2: <laughs> she did the lawnmower choke on the poor girl. That's not right. Use the penis as a ripcord. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> You yeah, guys, wow. can you guys, get a grip on yourself. There's a I serious know. show. Oh my god! Very serious yeah. show. It's a serious topic. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know. You yeah. know. Kenny used to say <laughs> something stupid. Kenny and they give you a cold. <laughs> you're shoulder. killing me. Tell you know, say something. Kenny he used <laughs> to say something stupid. You give the guy the cold shoulder. Now you right. just cancel the fuck out of him. It's like oh yeah, shoulder on on steroids. You just you're gone. Yeah, we don't yeah. even give right. you the cold shoulder. We just right.
0: eliminate. You know, like, if you're as beloved as Ray Longo, you don't get canceled when you, when uh, you then, on, uh, that's, that's uh, polarizing come. topics. But and maybe this isn't even polarizing. But I will just say, Ray, there is a lot of literature out there right now. You can go to ESPN.com right now, yeah. and there's yeah, a I'll long running form over feature. there. I know you will. Um, <laughs> but there's a long form feature on you know transgender athletes, you know, and a nine year old girl who was born as a boy finally getting the chance to compete with girls in soccer or whatever, and you know, and I think philosophically uh, and otherwise there are a lot of people who have tremendous issues with, with this, right. Uh, and yeah. with uh, somebody who was maybe born a man competing in a combat sports setting against somebody who was born a woman. And uh, you know, I knew you might have some, uh,
2: opinions. no, look I'm on a serious note, just it, it, the athletic commissions are there to establish a fair playing field. Yeah. If, if it's, if it's fair, I'm for it a hundred percent. I just, I'm not, I'm confused as to how, you know, it's almost like we said with, like Kenny said with the Holyfield. Like, get him another fifty-eight-year-old at yeah. least. Not that anybody wants to see it, but at least you could say it's fair, right? Based on that, right? But this doesn't seem like it's fair.
0: I mean, you I could know, still so do Florian Lozon too. Oh, in, like so in Boston, you could do any <laughs> oh, goddamn man. discipline you want. You could do boxing. Oh you my god! You oh. do. Well, I mean, you could certainly do. Uh, uh, a uh, 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 quintet ultra match between Lausanne and Florian. You know? wow. anyway,
2: um, he's just going to
3: stop, Kenny. He? He's not. He's not. He keeps keeps pushing me. No, you well, know, the I,
0: thing is, go ahead, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I was going to chime in on that. You know, I, I agree with Bray Listen, I, you know, um, it's one thing, you know, to go out there and, you know, support people's decisions to do whatever they want. That's fine. But I think when you're talking about something even any kind of sport, you know, I think there's like the biological, uh, element there. And there's the other element of, you know, what someone wants to be or how they want to be identified as. And, and I think that, um, when you start getting into sports, when you start getting into specifically combat sports, where someone who biologically is born with a significant more amount of strength, um, and power, Uh, than say a biologically born female Um, you're asking for trouble. I think that's when you can get really uh, you get someone who can get seriously injured. And I know maybe, maybe that fight isn't indicative of that because you know um, the, who was it? Was it cat? What was the name of the other one? Kathy or Catherine or something like that who fought, she was actually handling herself quite well, but again, it's, that's just not a fair fight. It w- there's a reason why we don't have, you know, mixed divisions with women fighting men. Yeah, it's just, right. why not? I why don't. not have an old transgender division? Yeah. Then that, that, right. that would make sense. You get to
2: compete. compete. Nobody's stopping yeah. you. Everybody's, exactly. everybody's cool with that. Why not yeah. do that? Celine.
3: Celine was her name. She, she was doing well in the striking, but again, I, I agree at least making an even playing field and, And absolutely, you can compete and compete against, um, you know, others who are in the same situation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Obviously, if one of my daughters came to me and was associating with masculinity and being a man, I would do anything in my power to make my kid happy in their own skin. But when when you come to athletics and combat sports, again, I would encourage people go check out the. There's some crazy stuff out there um, in terms of what is going on and how these different states are trying to handle what is a a really really tricky thing. Uh, All right, anything else before we let you go, Longo? That's it on my notes, my man. Um, Look at that hair. I mean, every which way, even sideways, you know, hopefully we cut that thing before. Uh, I what's going on? It look I like mean, alfalfa.
2: Yeah.
0: What was this Isn't it amazing? You grew that thing out for like a year. Yeah.
2: What's okay. that thing doing over there? Just this Just make his mind up. What is that thing? Yeah. What are my wig? It's up, like, down. What are we What are we doing? part of my toupee it's not going the right way
0: hey what'd you think of uh the <laughs> nfl week one you watch any football yesterday or is the long go boycott
2: absolutely still not this
0: is guy still got His calling kaepernick. kaepernick boycott is still, uh, God,
2: fuck still yeah. <laughs> fucking disgraceful yeah uh, now we got now we have 27 national anthems we got to sing so it's two hours before you even get to the game now
0: yeah hey,
2: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah yeah that's right yeah
0: hey Hey, we just commemorated hey. the 20 year anniversary of September 11th 2000 Yeah. Uh, stays in American history. You're obviously a native New Yorker. Where were you?
2: I was at the gym. Yeah. I was at the gym uh training somebody and uh we heard the news and I think we uh took a couple of people went to the supermarket started stocking up on stuff one of those days, right. you yep. know. Just yeah. just pontificating as to what could what could happen. We, nobody really knew much about uh Al Qaeda and that type of shit back then. I don't think, but it was it's really
0: sobering. And hor-
2: horrible, horrible, what happened to everybody and everybody that helped clean up that got diagnosed with cancer. I mean, this is it's a crazy world, man. Uh, I tell you, really, really crazy.
0: It's 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 sobering uh to see my children learn about this and just can't really put it together. You know, just how how much hate and and you know yeah. how many. my brother was actually in the air flying from Boston to Tampa uh to watch the Red Sox play the Devil Rays and uh so I remember I had worked the overnight at the newspaper my stepfather I'm sleeping on a mattress in Medway Massachusetts Ken Flo my stepfather comes in he's like hey man you may may want to turn on the uh the television and see what happened your brother's in the air we haven't heard from him so my brother ends up calling from the phone oh. in Virginia emergency landing and then they bust everybody who was on the plane either wow. to Tampa or back to Massachusetts wow. what was interesting was that former Boston Red Sox Trot Nixon ended up being on the bus next to my brother on his way back because he didn't fly with the team because his wife was in labor you know wow. just but anyway I just that's where I was Kenny where were you on September 11 2001 do you recall
3: I was working I remember uh, working and kind of starting my day on my laptop just kind of going over the news as I'm working and I see this picture of uh, of a plane heading towards a building and I'm like what what's this and that was when the first plane hit um and I'm just kind of following the news and then of course you know we hear the news about the second plane and that was uh that was a really powerful moment for me um you know I I I made a huge life change after that that was kind of I was either going to go into the military or I was going to do something martial arts related after that. And uh, yeah, it was um wild times, man. I'll never forget it.
2: Yeah. There, oh, there was... A lot of guys in the gym went into the service uh that are in the gym now that I'm finding out later. But yeah, that that's a that was a crazy you really weren't even sure if it was real. It was it was pretty surreal, I yeah. think, you know, because yeah. it never nothing like that ever came close to happening. And uh yeah, yeah, I remember it is one of those days you remember exactly who you were with and what you did. And you know, I can't remember last week. You know, right, so right, right. it gets etched in your mind. Yeah. But, all right, my
0: man. Hey, uh, we appreciate the extended time. We got to let you fly, make some picks yeah. for this UFC fight night coming up this weekend. Anything else before we let you go?
2: That's it, man. Adios, people. See right. Kenny, Kenny. hands <laughs> only, buddy. Oh, they're waiting. I got three texts from women <laughs> that are just, they said,
0: please. <laughs> get
2: hands <laughs> <to laughs> <my> only, baby.
0: <laughs> I actually. I think a Kenny Florian only fans I might be honest. <laughs>
2: oh, well, <laughs> I'm, what I'm afraid of is you're going to be the first guy signing oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> that's the crap out of me. I got to go. Take it's it easy. easy. <laughs> I mean,
0: that's that <laughs> is the truth, right? That's the truth. He's a, right? he's if, I, if I keep pushing a Kenny Florian fight, I'm going to end up wanting to fight me. You know, I get it. I get it. So Kenfo used to say to me, Dude, like, why are we paying fees for our online checking account, like, respectfully? Does your online checking account cost you money? Your online checking account should not cost you money. That's why Chime, an award-winning app and debit card, has no overdraft fees, nor foreign transaction fees, no monthly service fees, nor transfer fees. And you're starting to see Chime all over. They have more than 60000 fee-free in-network atms at locations like walgreens 7-11 cbs and more that's more than the top three national banks combined by the way what if my friends aren't on chime yet though you say not a problem you can send money to anyone even if they are not on chime no fees for you no cash out fees for them chime is changing the way i bank online and humbly i think it's time for you to say goodbye to hidden fees as well join the millions of americans already loving chime sign up only takes two minutes and does not affect your credit score whatsoever. Get started today at Chime.com slash That's Chime.com slash Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bank Court Bank or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Out of network ATM withdrawal fees apply, except at money pass ATM at a seven eleven location and at any all point or visa plus alliance ATM. Other fees such as third party and cash deposit fees may apply. All right, UFC Fight Night. Smith versus Span live from the UFC Apex this weekend after a bye week for the combat sports leader. Back at it, Saturday, September 18th on ESPN. Plus Let's make some picks in the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. Annick. The time is most definitely
1: now. Florian.
0: I finished fights. I'm going to do everything
1: possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Annick and Kenny Florian podcast.
0: All right, we've got just two picks today. UFC Fight Night Smith versus Span. And joining us is our former intern. Look at how good this guy looks in that Anakin Florian podcast T-shirt, by the way. Casey Williams on social media. You can find him at Casey Keenan MMA. Just one E in Keenan, not two. Casey, good to see you. Thanks for classing up the joint after Ray Longo.
1: Thank you. Is my hair a little better than Ray Longo's or what? Your
0: hair, (laughs) your shirt. I mean, it looks like you guys might. Both have gone with the maroon AF monogram T-shirt today, but yours looks clean. Like his collar was like wilting away. Now, what
1: did he do with that? Drag it behind him in a car? He's What's going it. on?
0: It's, I was telling you off the air
1: that I lint rolled this shirt. I'm I telling you, I I went all above and beyond. Podcast debut.
0: Beautiful. Well, it's great to have you with us, and we appreciate mm-hmm. all your hard work over the last several months. And I know you know this stuff well. Um, let's get into the co-main event, at least as it holds right now. Iwan Laba is the minus-135 betting favorite against Devin Brown Bear Clark, who is plus-115. We'll take the round and the method of victory as well. So Laba is sort of an interesting case, right? Just one win in his last five fights. Doesn't really tell the whole story. Last fight, though, a split draw against Dustin Jacoby. And on the other side, Devin Clark, he was submitted by Anthony Smith last November in a fight that actually got elevated to main event status, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But Brown Bear had won two straight prior to that loss. Casey Williams. Kute Lava, Clark, in the co-main event, who wins?
1: This is an interesting fight. Um, I think Devin Clark, first and foremost, I think he's an athlete. Uh, he, he's mentioned, all, you know, off-air in interviews that he has aspirations of being a bobsledder. You know, after the UFC, he has inspirations to deadlift 1,000 pounds. Um, I, and he was discovered on uh, Dana White's uh, Looking for a Fight. So I do think this is going to be a must-win for either fighter, I think both of which are a little bit underperforming. Uh, compared to expectations right um, ian Kutulaba is a fighter he doesn't have any aspirations outside of the cage he wants to fight this guy cannot do anything else other than fight in my opinion he was a born fighter he's not going to bobsled he's not going to deadlift a thousand pounds right. he is going to fight that's all he wants to do um i think in this fight the the grappling is going to negate each other i think uh, you have ian Kutulaba who's got a sambo background You have Devin Clark, who's a junior college All-American wrestler. So I think it's going to be on the feet. When it's going to be on the feet, I think Ian Kuchelaba's aggression is going to be the difference maker. I think if he can maintain the same energy that he brings to the weigh-ins, you know, when he's grabbing Justin Jacoby from the back, you know, he's getting in his opponent's face right before the fight. If he can bring that same energy to Devin Clark and make it a nasty fight, it's going to be Ian Kuchelaba's fight to win. Um, so I'm going to go with Ian Kutalaba via knockout in round one. And, and another point is Devin Clark and three out of his five career losses. He's been finished in the first round.
0: How about that? Including the last one against Anthony Smith. All right, Kempflo, What do you think Kutalaba and Clark in the co
1: Yeah, I think
3: Casey broke it down beautifully. I think, um, you know, I think that's where Devin's going to be most susceptible. I think that's where you on Kutalaba is most dangerous is in round one, especially Um, he goes out like a bat out of hell in that first round. And um, I I think if Devin isn't looking to clinch, um, he might be in trouble there. I I think I like, I like Devin's leg kicks, um, but um, boxing wise, he's going to have to be careful with Kutalaba. I think Kutalaba Wins this fight though, I think his aggression, his ability to come forward, is, is going to be the difference. Like Casey said, and uh, I like a round one uh, knockout as well.
0: All right, main event in the light heavyweight division, number six in the world, Anthony Smith, minus one sixty five. Eleventh ranked Ryan Spann plus plus one forty five for his first UFC main event. We'll need the round of the method of victory, boys. So Anthony Smith, two straight wins for him, last of which came against Jimmy Crute, April twenty four. On the other side, Ryan Span. I didn't realize that he was this. Shiny in the UFC, five and one in the octagon. He's won nine of 10 overall. Only man to beat him in the UFC, Johnny Walker, by knockout last September. Span, though, responded in kind with a big finish of Mitch Serpinov earlier this year. Casey Williams, competitive main event. I think it's properly priced. Smith versus Span under the lights on Saturday night. Who wins it and how do they get it done?
1: I think this is an interesting fight. I think it's all going to come down to which Anthony Smith shows up. Is this the Anthony Smith of old? Who was the world beater? Who was in there with John Jones, who was in there with Alexander Gustafsson, who was in there with Glover Teixeira. Obviously, he lost to John Jones and Glover Teixeira, but he had an amazing performance against Alexander Gustafsson. Um, Ryan Spann, I think, brings a lot to the table, and I think he can win the fight. Uh, Ryan Spann is is trained out of Dallas with Saif Saoud, your, your buddy. Uh, at a Fortis MMA. So I, I have to be careful about what I say about Ryan Span because huh. I never want to run into that guy uh, in Dallas and have to face uh, any of his wrath. Um, but Ryan Span, his advantage is going to be athleticism. He's a huge guy, he's a huge, huge light heavyweight. He's six foot five, he's got a reach advantage. He's extremely athletic and extremely violent and extremely aggressive. Um, but with that, he's fighting Anthony Smith, who's a much more technical fighter. Anthony Smith, in my opinion, has a technical striking advantage and a significant technical grappling advantage. Uh, Anthony Smith is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Ryan Spann is a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, where Ryan, Ryan Spann has got uh, a lot of his opponents early on is going to be a modified guillotine that uh, his opponents will shoot for a single or a double, a kind of a sloppy uh, single or double takedown. And Ryan Spann will get them in a modified guillotine and end the fight early. He is not going to catch Anthony Smith, uh, a black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu, in a modified guillotine off a sloppy takedown. So um, I hope that Anthony Smith is back. I, I think Anthony Smith, he's got 51 fights. Um, with that being said, there's, there's some damage that goes along with that. And it's is he going to be back to his, his former self? Uh, John, you mentioned on the air, he had that home invasion, uh, before, I think that that affected him mentally. Um, he's recently dropped down to fight lower level competition and has looked great in fighting lower level competition. Um, for Ryan Span, though, this is again game too, too big of a jump as far as a technical fighter. I think Ryan Smith, uh, span is going to be, uh, is going to be outclassed by yeah. Smith and with, as far as the technique goes. So with that being said, Uh, I think Anthony Smith is going to uh, just basically let Ryan Span wear himself out. He's going to weather the storm. I think Anthony Smith wins this one via submission and round three.
0: All right. Anthony Smith, round three submission for Casey Williams, Ken flow. Span's huge, man. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he is every bit six five and a credentialed UFC light heavyweight. But this is a test that he's obviously going to need to pass if uh, if he's going to go on to contend. What are your thoughts on Ryan Span here in the biggest fight of his career against Anthony Lionheart Smith? Span? S-
3: Span is a very dangerous guy. I-, I think that there's some aspects of his striking game uh, that I think actually are are better than Anthony Smith, in my opinion. I think Anthony Smith overall as a mixed martial arts fighter is a more technical. But I do think Span has certain advantages over um, Smith in this fight on the feet. Um, I just don't think it should last very long there, in my opinion. If I'm Anthony Smith, I'm looking to try to take that fight to the ground as quickly as possible. That's going to be the easiest path to victory. Um, I think that they'll have some interesting exchanges. Um, I was happy to see Anthony Smith integrate a much better jab in his last fight. That looked much sharper to me. Um, I think that's kind of what he needs to utilize uh, here against uh, Span, um, But he's got to use it to, to ultimately get to that clinch position, look for a takedown where he can either get a submission or a TKO. I see it um, ending in round two, uh, Anthony Smith uh, by TKO.
0: All right. A couple of guys pretty convicted on the favorite Anthony Smith minus one sixty five. All right. If you want more from Casey Williams, you can find him on social media at Casey Keenan MMA. I mean, the guy shows up on time, looks the part, sounds the part. Appreciate your contribution, my brother. We'll definitely have you on before uh, before the year is out.
1: Thank you very much. It's been an honor to be on the air. Um, I've listened to your podcast since episode one, and I remember it vividly. Yes. Uh, and Kenflow, I've been along. I actually found the episode off of Kenflow's Twitter. I can't remember. How long ago did it start? Like 2015?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I remember 2015. I was That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Uh, Kenny Florian on Twitter, he said, new podcast coming up. I was working a job I hated, had a long commute, and I was like, I'm going to listen to this podcast, and I've been listening to every episode ever since.
3: Hell, yeah. Thank you, Casey. That's awesome, man. Great it's it's job an honor to, to be on air with you
1: guys, and uh, it's really come full circle. I never thought I'd be on the air after listening to episode yeah. one, so it's truly an honor. So thank yeah, you, you well,
0: when we have you back, you can start to softly just be a dick to Ken Flo. You know. <laughs> um, I hope to be as
1: close with him as Ian Parker is one day. <laughs> that's my that's my goal to be an EFS just like Ian Parker and Ken Flo are. Maybe he can get me a job at the
0: PFL. I don't know. Right, yeah, right. Well, you're off, you're off to a good start. Hey, Casey, thank you, brother. We'll talk. Thank to you, you soon. very much. I appreciate, it, guys. See yeah, you, man. Really appreciate the support there uh, from Casey Williams over the last several months. All right. I just want to say before we go, you know, to the MMA community, fans, fighters, everyone, um, thank you all for the love and support over the last week. You know, it's really been hard. And even though it's been hard to open my phone at times to the text messages and all the amazing posts on Instagram, you know, it has helped me navigate a situation that has been as hard personally for me to navigate as anything in my life to this point in time. And I also want to say to my UFC colleague, Heidi Dean, who listens to every minute of every podcast we do, you know, she has been at the forefront of our aid effort, essentially in helping Susie. I mean, there've been a lot of people, Ariana, Celeste, and Megan O'Leary on and on it goes, right. But Heidi has been there every step of the way and Chelsea, I don't want to leave anybody out, but I just want to acknowledge Heidi knowing that she's going to listen to this podcast because, um, It's been all hands on deck for the Susie squad over the last several weeks. And uh, I just wanted to acknowledge those people and uh, we will follow up with details, obviously on the memorial service and all of that stuff um, that I think is going to happen in Las Vegas. So that as many of the, uh, the concom production team um, as humanly possible uh, can attend. Uh, Thank you to our guests, Ray Longo, Casey Williams, our executive producer is Cody Merrow, anicflorianpodcast.com for the merchandise. You can also go to will millions.co for the one more sleep merch as well. Promo code. Anik for 10% off there. Uh, and thank you all for watching and for listening. Uh, for Ken Flo, I'm John Anik, enjoy the rest of your week. We're right back with you next Monday. We'll get you primed for a big pay-per-view. UFC 266 Volkanovski versus Ortega, which beckons on September 25th. Ken Flo, tell Mac Danzig I say what's up. Uh, and just no fucking clock jokes today, okay? No <laughs> clock. Um, you, we'll talk to you guys next week. Love you, Suze. you